Hi, welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast, where I, Pa Vu, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. Exactly nine days after I started feverishly looking for a place to live in Berkeley, I signed a lease and fell into an exhausting sleep. What happened was... I had been waiting and waiting and waiting for a housing offer from Berkeley. Or I guess I should start calling it Cal. Calling it Berkeley makes me sound like a total newbie. (laughs) Anyway, I had been waiting for a housing offer from Berkeley because knowing where you're going to be eating and sleeping and peeing is really important. It's your home. It's the place where you relax and where you regenerate. And as the time to move to Berkeley got closer and closer... Not knowing where my home base was going to be was really starting to make me nervous. I had turned down a roommate offer in March because I knew I was going to get a housing offer. And the idea of living on campus or pretty much on campus sounded really appealing. But when I finally did get it, it was rather anticlimactic. When I first went to grad school back in 2008, I had the opportunity to study at UC Santa Barbara. It's about 500 miles from Chico. I didn't know anyone, so living on campus was a no-brainer. Like I said in episode 2 of the podcast, I could smell the ocean from my balcony. It was about a 10-minute walk to the beach. I don't know what grad housing was like before 2008, but where I ended up living was a brand new complex with fresh painted walls, never-before-slept-in beds, unmarked sidewalks, and plants that were so new they looked plastic. It was literally on the edge of campus, and in many ways felt like a resort because it was so close to the beach. I was 22 years old at that time, and it was the perfect place for me to start my graduate life. Now, as a 35-year-old, I find that I want something a little bit different. Before we get any further, let's first talk about housing options for grad students. In my experience, housing for both undergraduate and graduates has generally been divided into two types, on-campus housing and off-campus housing. On-campus housing is generally housing located on the university grounds, or very close to the university grounds, whose operations are run by the university. These can include residence halls and apartments or apartment-like facilities. Major research universities usually have on-campus housing set aside for grad students, either by building or or by floor, so that you're not mixed in with undergrads. Off-campus housing is generally housing located off the university grounds and managed by individuals or rental companies outside of the university. These can include rooms and homes, studios, apartments, and even dorm-style living spaces. And a third type of housing is university affiliates or partnerships where the housing complex is privately owned and managed but provides housing specifically for students attending the university. This type of housing could be located on or off campus and could come in many shapes including cooperative communities and as well as studios. Lastly, many large-scale universities also offer apartment-style family housing for graduate students Graduate students who are bringing their partners or their families with them can apply for this option. I don't know about you, but I've 
always thought that this was pretty awesome, especially for students who are bringing their families to places like the Bay Area where your money doesn't go very far when it comes to finding a place to live. Anyway, back to my story. People ask me why I don't just stay in Chico and live rent-free at home with my parents since my classes will be offered online anyway. Why stress out about finding a place to live, especially in Berkeley, where for the price of a room in a nice neighborhood, I could get a really nice two-bedroom or maybe even a three-bedroom apartment in Chico? Well, first of all, I don't live rent-free with my parents. As someone with a full-time job, it's not only fair but right that I pay rent. Second, although I love my parents, there's no way I can concentrate at home. And that's just the truth. I need to go to Berkeley where I would be surrounded by the city and by other students and where I could get into the right mindset. I mean, I haven't been in a classroom for years and haven't rigorously studied for years. So I need to um, practice and get back into the routine of reading every day, especially reading research articles. And finding a place to live in the Bay Area in Berkeley is going to really help out with that. So I made a mental list of all the things I wanted in my new home. First, I wanted privacy. I am 35 years old after all, not a 22 year old who was maybe still developing as an individual. I had lived on my own for years and really valued being able to come and go as I pleased. The perfect home for me would be a one bed, one bath apartment. Second, I wanted my own bathroom. Before I started living with my parents, I lived on my own, so I was used to having my own bathroom, to not having to wait, to take long showers, to walk around in my underwear. <laughs> and I really wanted that again. Number three, I wanted close proximity to campus. I wanted to be close enough to campus that I could feel like I was part of the campus. It would help with the whole mindset thing. So the closer, the better. Number four, I wanted a washer and dryer in the unit or on the property. When I was young, my sister and I would wake up early on Sunday mornings to haul all four or five baskets of our family's laundry to the local laundromat. Then we'd sit through the washing and drying and we'd fold every single piece of clothing. The whole thing took two to three hours and would tire the heck out of me. And I never wanted to do that again. Number five, I wanted reasonable cost for the area. After some time combing through Craigslist and Facebook, I learned that one bedrooms, including studios, could cost anywhere between $900 and $2,000, depending on location and luck. So I would totally be open to a higher rent if it meant a nicer neighborhood. When I finally received my housing offer, I was happy to see that it checked many of these boxes. I'd be sharing an apartment one block from campus with three other grad students, I'd be paying under $1,400 per month, utilities included. I had to share a bathroom with one other person. I wasn't going to have my privacy, but I could literally roll out of bed and be on campus. That was a good trade, right? Definitely. Yes, of course. Until I looked at the cost of parking, which was around $1,500 per year. 
and you had to apply for the parking permit and they get to decide if you really need it. I mean, I could completely understand this based on the lack of space in Berkeley, but I don't know if I could handle a $1,500 per year bill for parking, especially coming from a place like Chico where parking is pretty much free most of the time. I also looked at the neighborhood on Google Map and found that it was surrounded by several fraternity houses and undergraduate residence halls. And when I took a second look at the narrow dorm-style bed, I suddenly began having flashbacks to my days as a 22-year-old in Santa Barbara when I was living in that exact environment. I suddenly remembered how cramped I felt in my bedroom, how I would crawl out of bed, turn, and be right in front of my desk, how coarse the loop pile carpet designed for durability was under my bare feet, how I sometimes felt like I was much, much too close to campus. And a heavy pressure began to manifest in my chest, the kind of pressure that makes you uncomfortable in your seat, the kind of pressure that makes you restless even though you don't really know what is out of place in your life. The thing is, there was nothing particularly wrong with having a small bedroom or a small bed or frat houses in undergraduate dorms. But the environment they created together just didn't appeal to me the way that I thought it would. And the cost of parking. Dang, the parking was unlike anything I had ever seen before. So I said no to the housing offer and started looking for off-campus housing. UC Berkeley reports over 30,000 undergraduates and over 11,500 graduate students. That's almost 42,000 students, which makes up about 35% of Berkeley's population. That's a lot of students. So I knew I was definitely not going to be the only one looking. And I also had to rethink my budget and my needs. Here's what I came to find that I needed not what I wanted, which are obviously two completely different things. One, I wanted my own bedroom, furnished. And as I scrolled through pictures of empty rooms and compared them to pictures of rooms filled with a bed and a desk and a lamp, I realized that I wouldn't have to move all of my stuff to Berkeley. Berkeley is three hours away from Chico. If I were to move my, my bed, I'd have to rent a moving van or ask someone with a truck to help me. And with COVID-19 and everything, I didn't want to put someone in that situation. Even though I originally thought I would be happier with my own furniture, I quickly realized that it wasn't the most logical option at this point. Number two, I wanted a bathroom. <laughs> I didn't need my own bathroom, just a bathroom. After looking at a handful of places, it turned out that in Berkeley, having my own bathroom would cost me an extra $300 to $400 a month. And as an out-of-work grad student, I just didn't have that kind of luxury. Even in a pandemic where my own bathroom could be or would be the best option. Number three, I still wanted close proximity to campus. I didn't need to roll out of bed right into class but if I can get there within 20 minutes of walking, it would be great. Number four, washer and dryer in the unit. I hate doing laundry, like hate it. And I know that's nothing compared to washing it by hand, which I've done before too. 
But just remember that Sundays used to be family laundry day for me, all the way until I moved out of my parents' house. I guess it's left some kind of scar. <laughs> and if I really think about it, my best laundry experiences were experiences where I threw the laundry in the washer and just went on with my business until a song or a ding alerts me that I need to switch it to the dryer. So I need that. Number five, I wanted roommates who were going through the same thing I was going to be going through. For mental health reasons, I realized that I didn't want to be completely alone in a big new city. Although I am an introvert, the idea of living completely by myself scared me a little bit. Number six, I wanted reasonable cost of no more than $1,400. But actually at this rate, I would expect a private bathroom. Number seven, free or cheap parking. <laughs> I didn't realize how important this was until I saw how much it would cost to park my car on campus. I quickly learned that there were neighborhoods with free street parking and neighborhoods with permit authorized parking. The latter would cost less than $70 a year. Compared to the $1,500 that parking on campus would cost, this deal looked pretty good. Number eight. I wanted a neighborhood I could walk in. Not just to and from school, but also for health purposes. After four months telecommuting, I learned that I needed to have a strict cardio schedule or my body becomes stiff and sore from sitting at the computer too long, and then it starts to fail me. Number nine. I wanted public transportation within walking distance. Oh, I don't anticipate going out a lot during the pandemic. You never know when you might need to hop on a bus or a subway and get out of the house just so that you could stop breathing what seems like the same recycled air. You know? So, as you could probably guess, I was able to find a place that met all those needs in a nice residential neighborhood south of the university. This is what I learned through this process. It's not just about finding a place to live. It's finding a place to thrive physically, emotionally, and mentally. It's finding a place that's going to support you while you are pushing your brain to run at its optimum level. And that's why it's so important to consider everything. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review will go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. That's ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at bypawvu and the podcast at onbecomingeducated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com. Thank you.